Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 16. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The New Testament actually does not begin until Acts chapter 2. When Jesus walked on the earth, do you understand he was still under the law? He had come to fulfill the law. So while in the Gospels, the Gospels are written under the covenant of the law. But when Jesus in Acts chapter 1, please somebody hear me, in Acts chapter 1 when Jesus ascended and then in chapter 2 he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of the church, there begins the new covenant, a covenant of grace. And not from that point forward do you hear anything about tithing whatsoever. Now in the new covenant we talk about giving. And giving, oftentimes, is more than tithing. Huh? Giving is more than tithing. Let me give you seven principles. Number one, our giving should be periodic. Periodic. That means, did you notice that verse we just read? It said, on the first day of the week. Number two, our giving should be planned. You writing this down? Our giving should be planned. It says, lay something aside. Number three, our giving should be proportional as God has prospered you. You know, some people can't afford 10%, and some people can't afford more than 10%. And to the person that can't afford 10%, God is not holding you hostage. And to the person who can't afford more than 10%, God requires you to give more. I mean, think about this. If somebody's making $10,000 a year and trying to keep the law of tithing and they need to tithe $1,000 a year to some people and you're making ten grand a year, that's a tremendous amount of money. You're a single mom with four kids trying to feed them. $1,000 is a tremendous amount of money. But if somebody is making $10 million a year and all they tithe is $1 million, they won't even feel that. Of course that you can live off of $9 million a year. If you can't live off of $9 million a year, something wrong. You need help. Okay, if you can't live off $9 million a year, you need help. Come see Pastor Rodney. I'll set up a savings account for you and help you through these difficult matters. But of course, I mean, $1 million to you is, is no big deal. So one person can't afford to give $1,000. They find it difficult. Another person is wealthy enough to live off of $9 million a year and only tithe a $1 million. You know, there's plenty of people throughout history that have um, lived off of 10% of their income and given to the kingdom of God 90% of their income. Think about that. 
They lived off the 10. Instead of giving God the 10, they lived off the 10 and gave God 90. How about this? The founder of Quaker Oats. I have all these stories, but I'll just tell you who they are. The founder of Quaker Oats. How about the founder of Hershey Chocolate? The president and the founder of Wrigley's, Spear, or Wrigley's Gum. How about the founder of the department store, Lord and Taylor? You know the story? Many, many years ago, when he first started, he had a little clothing shop. It was actually called uh, a haberdashery shop. Some of y'all like have a what? Haberdashery. You know what that means? It means clothing. He had a little clothing store. He just started, and he's a believer. And he told the Lord, he said, Lord, if you will bless my business, I will give you 90% of my income, and I'll live off of 10%. And of course, we know the story. History played it out. There's Lord and Taylor. His name was Mr. Taylor. There's Lord and Taylor department stores all over the United States. And, and the reason why it's called Lord and Taylor, his name was Taylor, but he put the Lord's name first because we need to put the Lord first in everything that we do. Right? So it's Lord and Taylor. He gave 90% and he lived off of 10%. And he's a multi, 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 multi millionaire. I mean, these men, obviously, they had the gift of giving. You know, the Bible talks about a gift of giving. Some people have a gift of giving. And let me just say that if you have that gift, please exercise it. But some people have a gift of giving, and they gave to the kingdom of God, and they gave to the work of God. And some of this tithing teaching, I don't know, this is my... I've, said this now four times over this weekend, and my last time to tell you, for a while, till we get to it again in Scripture, some of the tithing teaching in the church today, honestly, is false teaching. It is wrong. Uh, they make uh, uh, people seem like if they don't tithe a 10% to the Lord, that they're not acceptable to the Lord, and you're not going to be blessed, and you're going to be cursed. I mean, anybody heard that? You're going to be cursed. Can I tell you something? You can't be cursed and blessed at the same time. If you don't tithe, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. If you don't tithe, you're t God is not going to curse you. Now, I will tell you this. If you don't give to the Lord, you miss out on the blessing. You miss out on a tremendous blessing to see the kingdom of God further and to take your money and invest it in the kingdom and see what God does with it and see the fruit of what you're giving. You miss out on all that. You don't have to give. You get to give. It is a privilege for you to give. But it's a shame. I'm, I'm going to wait while you clap. But it, I, it's a shame. And what people are told, one lady told me, and I know this to be a fact because I've heard it before, but she told me that she was told that she should tithe instead of paying her electric bill. Her electric bill was due and she had the money to tithe and she didn't know which one. She was told to pay her tithe and God would provide the money for her electric bill. And I'm like, sweetie, God's already provided the money for your electric bill. Somebody wave at me. What is wrong with people? What's wrong with folk? God's already, and then what happens is if you tithe to the church and you didn't pay your electric bill, then you come to the church and you say, hey, I didn't pay my electric bill, I tithe. And what happens is we wind up giving you your money right back anyway so that you can go and pay your electric bill. Ridiculous things. Listen, God does not want your money if he does not have your heart. God doesn't want your money. Keep your money. If God doesn't have your heart, 
He doesn't want your money. And conversely, if God already has your heart, he already has your wallet. Because that's the way God works. You know, maybe we all can't afford to give a tenth, but we can all afford to give as God has prospered us. So you're trekking with me. We're to give periodically, planned, proportional, and we're also to make sure that we give privately. Paul said, no collections when I come. In other words, don't give to be seen by men. Don't draw attention when you go into the tithing box. I know nobody here. When you write the check, don't write the check and then, all right, it's time to tithe. Is anybody looking? All right, I'm going to put it in. Don't do that. Don't draw attention. Also, we're to give generously. You know, in the Greek language, you know what that means? Don't be cheap. Don't be cheap. Give generously because God loves generous people. And God loves generous ministries. And God loves generous pastors. And you don't ever give to get. Well, if you give a tenth, God is going to return to you some hundred, sixty, thirty-fold. Listen, that is not giving. That's called investment. Let the church say amen. That's investment. Let me tell you something. If you tell me right now that you will give me a hundred bucks, if I give you ten, I will give you ten dollars right now. And give me a hundred. That's investment. You never give to get. And then they use scriptures like Malachi 3.8, that, that God will open up the windows and pour you out an escalade. <laughs> you know that verse says, God will open up the windows and pour you out a blessing child. You won't have room to receive. You know, they act like God will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out some bling bling. Or God's going to pour you out a beamer or something like that. You don't ever, ever, ever give to get. Again, we get to give. Number six, our giving should be freely, not forced, not coerced. The church has made giving to God painful. The church has made giving to God a distasteful thing because they have coerced people. Oh, we've all heard, well, not all of us, but have you ever heard of Triple Tie Sunday? Anybody ever heard of Triple Tie Sunday? Triple Tie Sunday. Okay, most of y'all haven't. I got to tell you what this is. Okay, Triple Tie Sunday in some churches that they have triple, this is today. This is not old. This is today. Where Triple Tie Sunday is on one designated Sunday of the year, every individual should make their check out, triple their tie and they bring it in, and they give it. They call Triple Tithe Sunday. Some churches have what they call tithing lines. Anybody know what tithing lines are? Y'all raise your hand nice and high so I can see who I'm talking to. Okay, so that's a good number y'all don't know. I got to tell you. A tithing line is when people who are tithing, like in the church, they'll say, all right, all the tithers, please stand. So then all the tithers stand. They're looking all spiritual. All the tithers stand. And then the pastor prays a really, 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 really big, nice prayer. And it's a big prayer. It's like, oh, Father in heaven, wouldst thou come down, bless thine dying children? You know, you pray, we have thine dying children. And Lord, may your hand of protection be upon them in the name of Jesus. And you know, you praying when you start getting like, you know, spasms. Jesus. And, you know, people, they, oh, yes, 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 yes. 
Yes, it's a back. I mean, praying, I'm telling you, I'm praying. I'm talking, some folk can pray. Praying, your hair standing up on the back of your neck, praying. Okay, and then, and then, and then they come and give their tithe, and everybody sees it, and, and everybody sees And then, okay, if people are giving $50 or more, please stand. And then they all stand, and then the pastor gives a, a really nice prayer, not quite as powerful as the other one, but uh, they give a really nice, somebody, y'all know what I'm talking about? Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay, okay. All right, it gives a really, really nice prayer, and people, and people, yes, let's order away. And then, uh, then they go away, and then everybody give $20 or more, you stand, and then they all stand, and then the prayer is less than the 50, less than the, the tithers, you know, and then there's the all other category. All others, please stand. And they all stand waiting for their powerful prayer. And he goes, Lord, bless them. Amen. (laughs) Am I lying? Am I lying? You know what I'm talking about. It's right. And we made made giving, coercing people and forcing people. And you got praise-a-thon and tell-a-thon and hallelujah-a-thon and beg-a-thon. And we've got all these a-thons trying to get people to give money. And then you hear things like, oh, saints, we need to dig deep. Oh, God don't like no change. God don't want to hear jingle, jingle, just the sound of crisp, fresh dollar bills. God is friends with the Benjamin. Y'all know what I'm talking about. God is friends with Benjamin. For those of you who don't know, Benjamin is on the front of the $100 bill, y'all. Oh, he's friends with the Benjamins. And, you know, we, we do all of these things and we make God seem. And that's why the world laughs. That's why the world looks. That's why I don't want to come to church. Because who wants to be beat up about money? You know what? The one thing we started this church, I'm happy we did it. We do not take up an offering here at Calvary Chapel. I don't think it's wrong, but what I have done is put the boxes on the back wall to trust the Lord. And I will tell you, he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. We have never, ever had a need that was not met. And I tell people, and you've even told people, oh, well, we don't take up an offering in our church. People go, what? Yeah, have you, has anybody ever told somebody that and they give you that, what? You know you shock when you, what? A guy asked me, he says, oh, well, he says, well, who pays the bills? I said, we don't. What? No, we don't take one off. We don't pay the bills. He goes, you don't pay the bill. What kind of Christian witnesses? What kind of Christian witness is that? Well, we don't pay the bills. The Lord pays the bills, and he's been faithful to pay the bills. God has not followed the chapter 11. And people make it seem that way, and so they give, and even sometimes they give to the church, and they give grudgingly. It's like, here, well, you know, they're going to keep on begging, keep on. I've heard a church, last thing we move on. I heard churches where they take up an offering, take the offering to the back of the room. I've seen this. Take it to the back of the room. Count the money, y'all. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. This is unconscionable. They take the money, count, go to the back of the room, count it, come back out. Are they not happy with the offering? Oh, oh, you people need to be ashamed of yourselves. What kind of offering is this? Now, I feel the Lord is saying that there's 10 more people that are going to give $1,000. I remember being in service like that. I'm looking at all I'm going, he, the Lord ain't telling him it's me. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. 
The Lord ain't tell you it's me. I can tell you that. I know what the Lord's saying. You better know what the Lord's saying. I know what the Lord's saying. He ain't saying it's me. Hallelujah. I don't judge me. Pray for me. But you know, it's that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, honestly, you don't give grudgingly to the Lord. Let me just say something to you. If you've ever given to this church and you've given grudgingly, and you really honestly give grudgingly, please see Pastor Nelson. He will give you back your money up to a certain dollar amount. <laughs> we, need, we need to give freely, right? We need to give generously. We need to give freely. And here's the final point. We, we, our giving should be cheerful and, and like hilarious. We should be cheerful. Second Corinthians, write that down. Chapter 9, verse 7 says, let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly of, or necessity, but God loves what? A cheerful giver. Everyone loves a cheerful giver. Nobody likes a grudging giver. I mean, how you look? You went out and bought your wife a gift, and you go, here, take this. It's her birthday. Take this. I wanted to get me something, but... I got this for you. I had to. It's your birthday and all. Eeyore. You know. Who wants, who, who wants a person that doesn't give cheerfully? Everyone wants someone to give cheerfully. Your attitude toward giving should be cheerful. It should be, Lord, I wish I had more. Here's my favorite story, and then we're going to wrap this up. Here's my favorite story. And I got a lot of illustrations, you know that, but this is probably my top favorite, okay? Like in my, my, my faith five or something, okay? All right, listen to this. It's the story of this preacher, and he's preaching this, this great sermon to this incredibly vocal and interactive congregation. So he said, brothers and sisters, he says, you got to crawl before you walk. You got to put the, it's a black preacher, okay? You got to put it on the the congregation responded, let us crawl, preacher, let us crawl. Well, the preacher responded, brothers and sisters, you got to walk before you jump. Well, the congregation responded, let us walk, preacher, let us walk. The preacher responded, brothers and sisters, this church needs to fly. This church needs to fly. Well, the congregation responded, amen, brother, amen, let it fly, let it fly. Well, the preacher said, brothers and sisters, before it flies, I got to take some money. The congregation responded, let us walk, preacher, let us walk. <laughs> let us walk, preacher, let us walk. No, man, look at verse 13. I got to come in for a landing here. Look at, verse <laughs> look at verse 13. No man can serve two masters. No servant can slave for two masters. You cannot. You looking at verse 13? If you're looking at it, say I'm looking at it. You cannot serve God and mammon. The word mammon speaks of materialism and wealth. Somebody once said, money is a great servant and a cruel master. If God is your master, then money will be your servant. You can't serve both at the same time. It's a matter of choice, not a matter of possibility. It's a matter of choice. Jesus is saying it is simply impossible to serve God and serve man. And you shouldn't be serving money. Money should be serving you. 
Money and resources is a good, good tool to use against the devil. And as you use it, you further evangelism. You support missionaries. You support the church. You know, it was Jesus who said in Matthew chapter 6, you write that down in verse 19 through 21. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Do not lay up, lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up your treasures in heaven where moth nor rust destroy nor thieves break in and steal. But notice this, where your treasure is. Can somebody read it with me? For where your treasure is. Can everybody read it with me? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your tre- Look at me. Where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. Notice it doesn't say where your heart is, your treasure will follow. It says where your treasure is, your heart's coming after it. So you put your treasure in heaven and your heart, you become heavenly minded. You put your treasure in the kingdom and your heart becomes kingdom minded because where your treasure is, your heart's going to follow. And when you get to heaven, somebody's going to walk up to you and say, you never met me, but I'm your $45 adopted pastor. You know, you never met me, but because of you, I was a kid in India with HIV, and I got money for my medications and the food that I needed. Because of you, I came to church, and I heard the gospel for the first time. Because of you, the church was able to meet its monthly expenses, and the pastors and the leadership were able to do the work of the ministry. Because of you, eternity came my way. I was received into the everlasting home. Or how about this? Someone in heaven walks up to you and says, you don't remember me, but you taught me in Sunday school 50 years ago. You don't know who you're teaching. You don't know who's in your class. You could have the next Billy Graham in your class. But you got to invest in the kingdom. Invest time. Invest resources. Invest not a tenth, but you invest what you can. I've been telling people, and I'll tell you too in this last service, if every single person in this room just gave something, we would have plenty of money to do whatever it is God has called this church to do. If we all just gave something, some of you can give Five dollars, some fifty, some five hundred, some five thousand, some five million. But we can all just do our part. Is anybody knowing what I'm talking about? Clap your hands if you're getting me. If we all just do our part. And it's not about tithing. It's not about, you know, some people get all into tithing, like, you know, I need to tithe. Now, what was my check? Okay, my tithe is going to be a hundred and two dollars and seventy two cents. That's weird. I'm sorry. If you're like that, you know, you're a little OCD. You need medication. It's not about that. It's about giving. God just wants us all to give. Remember, saints, remember, people who live in the United States, remember, you cannot take it with you, but you can send it ahead. And the world, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. 
And the world, Jesus is saying, is wiser. That's what the text is about. The world is wiser to prepare for the future by investing in the present. And we should be the same way. Why do we not get it, but we sing the song? This life will soon be past, but only what you do for Christ will what? Last. Only what you do for Christ will last. God, it's not going to matter. When you take your last breath here on earth and you stand in front of God, you're not going to have your portfolio in your hand. And God's going to say, well, what you got there? Well, let's see how much investments have you made. Oh, well, good job there, old Johnny. I'm going to say that. God's going to say, what did you do with my son Jesus? And then what did you do with the resources, the gifts, the time, the talent that I gave you? Man, you got a huge bank account. Great. Well, if you take your last breath, who are you going to leave it to? You leave it to your children. I told you I'm not leaving my kids a thing. God knows I'm not. I'm spending every dime I can right now. Parents, wave at me. I'm going to leave a bunch of bills. You're going to get yours. I took care of you. Change your diaper. You're going to, ooh. That's another sermon. Only what you do for Christ will last. Remember that. Everybody. Calvary Chapel, anybody, somebody, do your part. Just do your part. Whatever God's prospered you with, whatever it is, you do that, and God will bless you because you are taking your place on the wall and you're helping to build the kingdom because I don't know about you, but I'm an old school preacher. I still believe Jesus is coming soon. And all of this, I'm going to wait while everybody claps their hands, would you? He's coming soon, and we got to be prepared when the Lord comes. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a song.